0: welcome to the spawn chunks episode number 105 for Monday September 7th 2020 my name is Johnny but the internet knows me as pixel riffs and joining me as always is a lightly modded Joel Duggan hi Joel hey, hey, hey. likely or lightly I guess it depends on how much coffee I've had this morning mm-hmm. uh,
1: if you are interested in uh, hearing a little bit about uh, minecraft which we don't often get into in the uh, pre and post show that's the render distance the extended version of the the conversation we have here every week you can go to patreon.com slash the spawn chunks become a member and get access to that extended podcast but we also talked about uh people that are brand new to minecraft watching players attempt to play for the first time as well as some twitch streamers and uh fallout
0: guys made the rounds again this time too (laughs) (laughs) it's always good always good so uh at the risk of spoiling a discussion we're going to get into a little bit later what have you been up to in minecraft this week
1: well A lot of it has been what i haven't been up to in minecraft this week oh no uh, (laughs) it's one of those weeks (laughs) one of those weeks well so here's here's the thing so i I will let people know that our main discussion this week is going to be about modded minecraft and my first experience with it so uh, and i did get to play and i uh, i have a lot to say about it but in the pre-show conversation to not um cannibalize the the main discussion i will say i spent my saturday trying to get modded minecraft and the twitch launcher to work and then i spent my sunday trying to get modded minecraft and the twitch launcher to work mm-hmm. and then later on sunday i tried playing modded minecraft and tried to get myself to work <laughs> which yeah. was a whole other whole other bag of, bag of worms right uh, yeah. so yeah I, I i will have a link to uh, a video in our show notes and it is called fix twitch can't select minecraft location it sounds odd if you've ever encountered this then it will make your life a lot easier it's from troubleshoot on youtube it is a two minute video that took me three and a half hours of troubleshooting to track down i am saving you a lot of headache Mm -hmm. Uh, essentially uh i wanted to try modded and because of the performance issues that i deal with with minecraft i thought fabric would be the best way to go because of the uh additional um uh, what's the word? um not like efficiency performance optimization. Um, performance optimization mods yeah. that are available that are in uh, a mod pack called all of fabric 3 and so uh i went looking for this pack which you cannot stall on your install on your own you have to install it through the twitch launcher thing which i never used and so i had to download the twitch launcher install it and uh then it wouldn't work it would open up it said minecraft isn't installed in your system And then it would try to want to install Minecraft and said, hey, where do you want to install Minecraft or point us to where you've installed Minecraft? That is what it says. Where is your Minecraft install? Mm -hmm. I've been playing this game for years. I know precisely where my Minecraft install is. It wouldn't let me change the file path. None none of this was working. What you need to do, and it is a terrible set of instructions from the Twitch launcher. First off, you need to install the Twitch launcher in a folder that does not have any non alphanumeric characters no dashes no hyphens no brackets no periods nothing it has to be just numbers or letters if you don't it won't work uh such is my experience on windows 10 uh if you uh get that far and still won't work you have to when it says where is your minecraft uh, install it's not looking for the install according to troubleshoot who i owe a beer uh, it's looking for the Minecraft shortcut. Okay. So you, have to go, right. so you have to go to your desktop and copy the 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 file address for the shortcut because Twitch doesn't want to install, or it says it doesn't want to install Minecraft again. It wants to install an instance of Minecraft. Total lies. It wants to install Minecraft again. I now have two copies of Minecraft running on my system. I don't know why. I didn't want that. I wanted to just run the mod pack. Um so because the way that i thought this was going to work was you install fabric and then you launch your minecraft um your your normal minecraft launcher like the vanilla launcher yeah yeah you want to play vanilla minecraft you play vanilla minecraft you want to play optifine you know you have that drop down you select optifine uh people use it for snapshots you know i I use it for fabric you know i can select fabric from that drop down list nope the way that this worked it installed a brand new version of minecraft i had to sign into minecraft again i had to try to remember what my settings were which you know like i i I haven't changed those in a year (laughs) you know yeah Uh, things like keyboard shortcuts uh all the music was at full blast like like everything was just raw you just installed minecraft for the first time and so i had to go and like change my mouse sensitivity and like all this stuff which i didn't want to do like i just wanted to play modded minecraft so um it took a long time and a lot of troubleshooting to get this done uh to the point where i rage quit the installation process on saturday i was going through uh with much to i want to tip my hat to ben and to mini packs a couple of other people in my discord chat that were helping me out through it but i was just like screw it guys i'm gonna go play satisfactory yeah. if if mod pack makers want me to play their mod pack like make it easier to do i don't understand why everybody's using the twitch launcher if it's such a buggy experience i i i'm sure there's lots of mod player modded minecraft players that are just like welcome to the fold you know like well, yeah welcome to our life and i was like well why would you choose this life if this yeah. is how it goes i think once
0: uh, once you have everything set up once the twitch launcher knows where a minecraft installation is then i think it's more just like the widely the, the wide distribution of the twitch app and then the one-click install process for mod packs is basically the only selling point of it like if you wanted you could go to curseforge download basically a zip file that had all of the mods and stuff ready to play all of fabric 3 and you could put that into a separate launcher program like uh, multi mc for example will do that i use that to launch the replay mod and a couple of other things and so there are ways around it but they involve a lot more steps and a little bit more knowledge of where you're moving file folders manually on your file system instead mm-hmm. of the Twitch launcher which in theory aside from the steps you've had to go through is basically a you know a one click install process once you've got yeah. everything set up.
1: And and I get to that from um from the, the the comments I see in a lot of um, Curse Forge pages is like when is this going to be updated? Is this going to go to Forge? Is this going to be you know all that kind of stuff? Uh, and I think that um, one of the other things that might be a strength of the one click install is also that if the mod pack updates and people have like questions like well why is this broken then the mod pack creators can say like did you install the latest update because because that's going to it chances are that's going to fix questions before they're even asked yeah and if it's the kind of thing that will just say hey you're about to launch this game by the way it's been updated like let's update your mod pack before you play it again like that kind of stuff i think would probably save a lot of people that do this because they obviously can't charge for it you know like it's it's a it's a the mod packs are all free to play so yeah it's one of those things where where it just saves a lot of admin headache for the people that are creating it so and i and i do get that um but i, I want before i get any further and, and this is really where i'll wrap things up is that i understand and i realized this um the last well over this weekend that especially on the show uh, like i haven't been playing a lot of minecraft i haven't really had a lot of nice things to say about minecraft and it's it's conditioning it's mental conditioning it's because I spend more time since 1.15 and one sixteen have come out. I have spent more time troubleshooting, either uh, my just trying to get Minecraft to work properly to not to not have graphical problems uh, or other problems like trying to get Optifine to work. You know, trying to sort out things that I had working before that just break with every single update. Um, the biggest problem being the performance issue. Like uh, I will ultimately feel sick have a massive eye strain headache within 40 minutes of playing Minecraft it's not that I don't like Minecraft or don't want to play it's that I'm associating the attempt to do so with not feeling well yeah so I want to make sure that that's clear on the podcast because like I like the sponge chunks I'm gonna I keep on trying to play Minecraft but I just can't seem to get there technically and it's become a real problem and it's kind of a thorn in my side where it's just like, yes. Okay. I I can try to do some things to fix the computer or like upgrade the processor or all these kind of different things. But uh, my argument is, and and I do have plans to do so, but my argument is that I should not have to do this for a 10 year old game, you know, on a machine that's less than a year old. And, um, I just want to make sure that people don't think I'm coming down on Minecraft and that I'm just always moaning and groaning about the game. I had fun this weekend. I had a lot of fun this weekend. And so it's it's just one of those things where it's become very, very frustrating. And th- the experience this weekend with trying to install and run modded stuff just highlighted all of that for me. Um, so that that's kind of where my, my first experience with modded is probably the much as most people's is just like, how the crap do I get this to work?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I'll have more content stuff to talk about later. But what have you been up to in in Minecraft this week?
0: Uh, If you can call Skyblock modded, I've also been playing modded. And I think some people would argue that it is the amount of like extra data packs and stuff that get loaded into Skyblock. There is now, by the way, when you load up Skyblock in one sixteen, the most recent version of the map by Dr. Trog is for one sixteen point two. it will tell you this is using unsupported features at the moment and i don't know what that is i think it may be something to do with custom biome data or maybe even custom dimension data that they've Mm. started implementing from some of the more recent updates but i i honestly don't know and it's quite scary when that message comes up and i've seen a a few people comment saying you know, when I tried to play this map, it has this error message at the beginning that tells me it might not work. Does that happen for you? Does every time. It seems to work fine for me so far, but I'm kind of curious about exactly what's causing that. But still, Skyblock has been where I'm at right now. I'm uh, now at full diamond armor and tools, aside from a diamond hoe uh, in Skyblock, thanks to villager trading. And this is getting to where I was in my previous Skyblock playthrough and just getting to the point where I no longer have to you know, harvest a ton of cobblestone and then use a bunch of cobblestone on making more tools and then have those tools break and realize that I have to go back to mining more cobblestone. Having tools with a longer durability is just taking one headache out of the equation of skyblock that I can then use to, you know, give myself a little bit more time, use more efficient tools to mine stuff faster and then... Get a little bit more creativity done because one of the things I wanted to do with this playthrough of Skyblock is decorate stuff more so that it feels more than just like a collection of platforms in the sky and as of right now I haven't been able to do that all that much because gathering resources is difficult so I think fast tracking my way to villages and getting that stuff out of the way getting the tool progression out of the way is going to be a good way of getting to the stuff that I want to do and then figuring out where on earth i get uh, ancient debris from <laughs> is the next thing because apparently it is in skyblock somewhere um but villager trading has been has been fun and i had a relatively painless experience getting an iron farm set up and everything so it's uh, it's all all going fairly well in skyblock so far on the flip side in the minecraft survival guide i am committing myself to grindier and grindier tasks it turns out as if netherite mining in the nether wasn't enough I am now trying to collect as many hearts of the sea as I possibly can. And for folks who are unaware, uh, or or maybe haven't encountered these very often, hearts of the sea can only be found through buried treasure. So I'm trying to find the treasure maps that correspond to treasures that it will actually direct me to in-game. I'm using external mapping tools to find the treasures that the game isn't pointing me to, either because the treasure maps end up duplicating the same location, or there just aren't enough buried shipwrecks like sunken shipwrecks in the world that can direct me to all of the treasure that's actually out there and i want to use conduits for lighting (laughs) and this is such a dumb thing to use conduits for when their main priority is giving you the conduit power effect and being an underwater beacon but i really want to use conduits for lighting just because i don't see people do that very often so i'm currently on a a long treasure hunting expedition trying to find all the buried treasure that the game won't show me where it is it's going to be fun to explore, though. Like, it's going to be fun to kind of switch
1: gears from digging holes in the nether or, you know, working on the latest, you know, tutorial-type project or the museum and just be like, I'm just going to wander around the overworld looking for treasure. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun.
0: And lighting lighting conditions aside, that is entirely why I'm doing it. It's like, I'm sick of... Spending time in- I'm not sick of it necessarily, but I'm like, I want a a break from netherite mining, which is also why I'm very excited to have the Dungeons DLC to play this week, uh, Mm -hmm. which we're going to start tomorrow on stream. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, Yeah, I want a break from mining netherite. I want a break from building stuff and trying to focus on, you know, how am I going to present all of this information in the museum? We've got a tree exhibit in the museum now, and I was quite happy that I was able to grow- a few different varieties of each tree to show that like some trees can generate differently especially oak trees there is such a broad range of what you can get if you if you grow an oak tree from a sapling uh but i i got that figured out and then i was like i'm going to take a break from making exhibits because i don't want to do one every episode and then everything get really formulaic i want to go mm-hmm. off the beaten path a little bit more and yeah the the excuse to have an exploration episode and just go and find all of this treasure seemed like a A fun thing to do in the process of course along with the hearts of the sea you also get a bunch of diamonds a bunch of emeralds some iron some gold tnt is in some of those crates as well so i'm actually kind of enjoying just finding the occasional bit of loot along with it as well and a lot of cooked fish for some reason
1: oh interesting i i would imagine too that you know as you're doing the uh the museum exhibits that exploring would I mean give your brain a break but also just the way that you discover things like new materials and different things you might want to put in the museum things you already know about but as you're kind of like seeing them in new configurations or uh or a, a new kind of like situation with different biomes matching one another you might end up with some inspiration about like a different way to do a, a museum um exhibit that you hadn't thought of before?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, the inspiration for all of it is coming from the world around me, you know? I I couldn't do this project in a vacuum, and people are suggesting some really fun ideas for projects in the comments, and, you know, I get stuff on Twitter occasionally as well. It's really nice to have such a broad game to work from, because you can look at things from so many different angles and yeah exploring the world is definitely a fun way of doing that it's like i don't know how i would really demonstrate the concept of buried treasure in the museum itself because really it's just a chest under a few sand or gravel blocks but I can include that in the experience of going and getting these resources that ultimately make their way back into the museum and the episode itself can feel like an exhibit at that point to get a bit meta about it you know Mm -hmm, I, i i think it's it's kind of a fun project like that because it allows you to rethink where everything comes from in minecraft and what's renewable and what isn't and you know you can do an episode all about or an exhibit rather all about tree farming and have it feel very industrial or you can do an exhibit about where you would find trees naturally and have it feel very organic and so i'm trying for a, a mix of approaches with each exhibit that i do and sooner or later they'll end up looking very different from one another Mm-hmm. yeah for sure so let's uh let's roll on into the news we have some breaking news this time actually uh how about you take us through the first couple of items here
1: sure Uh, the 1.16.3 release candidate has been put out that uh, takes care of a couple of bugs uh, mc198678 giving an item to a uh, and a gold ingot to a baby piglin and then killing it Duplicates that item. Uh, and then MC 196449. Piglins, Piglin Brutes, Hoglins, and Zoglins have trouble pathfinding to the player when attacking. I'm giving myself two Minecraft points for not mixing up any of those mob names. Uh, <laughs> M- Minecraft Live, the announcement trailer came out last week. Uh, the event will be streamed live on October 3rd, 2020, at 12 noon Eastern Time. Uh, the trailer promises, quote unquote, huge updates and a vote for Minecraft's next mob. Uh, obviously, we have the Minecraft Dungeons Creeping Winter DLC with drops tomorrow. There's been no real new trailer or information about that. Uh, we had the links in the show notes last week for the uh, the September 8th release of the DLC. So we'll be talking about the gameplay for Minecraft Dungeons uh, probably next week on the show.
0: Yeah, there was a very brief Minecraft.net article previewing some of the items and uh the the kind of armor and stuff that you can get but it was in the guise of like a fashion show kind of thing and it was just kind of a neat way of presenting that information but nothing we haven't already seen in the trailers as far as i can tell so just looking forward to uh getting to grips with whatever creeping winter has to offer and all of the you know the free updates the daily challenges the new merchants in the campsite stuff like that more thoughts on that as joel said next week um The release candidate is a brief one and literally happened as we were starting up the show here but I have seen a few people showcasing that baby piglin duplication exploit and obviously Mojang wants to patch any duplication exploits as they arrive. A similar thing I think happened with the drowned a while ago. If you killed a drowned right as it converted into a zombie you would kill the drowned and it would drop the items it was holding but then you would still get a zombie and it would still be holding the same item. So this is more or less the same thing exploiting the piglins uh like inspecting gold behavior um because i think baby piglins don't ever put those items away and after they've got a gold ingot they just kind of run around holding it so i think that's that's something to do with the way the piglins inventory works but it seems like taking care of that duplication bug seems like a a priority i don't think they would have wanted to leave that until 1.17 came out so good that that's nipped in the bud now I agree. I do find it very odd, though, because when it is a bug like that, and
1: people either showcase it or complain about it, I always think like, well, if you don't want to deal with the bug, then don't trade with the baby. <laughs> like, don't do the bug. <laughs> like, if you th- if you think it's cheaty, then don't do it. Like, yeah. I. You know, I mean, I I appreciate that they need to, to, you know, they want to fix it and stuff like that. But it's just one of those things where I guess temptation just rules out and people can't resist. Um, I mean, I understand from, you know, from a, a content creator standpoint, especially people that are very technical, that they want to kind of explore all of these things. And it is actually probably helpful to the the Mojang team to have... Uh, people make videos like hey this is precisely how i can replicate this bug and then that maybe gives them some information on how to patch it as well Uh, so i'm not discounting the value of like getting the word out but from a gameplay perspective like i always look at these bugs like you know well for example you can dupe tnt in the game there's a lot of people that know how to do it there's like tnt flying machines and all this kind of stuff and i've been using tnt in my concrete maker for for months on the citadel man it's manual we just have creeper farms, you know, and collect sand and I have server mates that are very kind and will drop off shulker boxes of sand from time to time. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I think it it ultimately comes down to a game balance thing and knowing that on multiplayer servers, for example, there will be some players who want to exploit that and generate themselves loads of diamonds or netherite Mm -hmm. or whatever and that can break the experience of having an economy on servers for example you know very true if you want to use diamonds as a currency and you've got one player who's just printing diamonds then you know it's going to ruin the experience for everybody else and so if these methods are widely publicized and people are able to find them just through you know searching for duplication glitches which i imagine a lot of players might then you know it, it makes sense for them to fix these things before they become a problem that ruins the gameplay experience for multiplayer servers i think that's probably the main thing you know you Mm -hmm. and i often we play single player or we play on you know relatively chill servers where people are not going to try and exploit that kind of stuff but there are many more servers out there where people will so it's it's a sensible decision i think to put out a 1163 even if they didn't expect to
1: yeah uh i'm happy that they gave us a full month notice for uh minecraft live um uh, with the announcement trailer i think it's it's ch- a- about time it not and i don't mean that in an p- impatient way i mean like the timing of letting players know that there's going to be an announcement you know uh, in due time i think was was well timed for the lack mm-hmm. of a better way to, to put that you know like i feel like there's been this murmur not loud but there's been this Con- like this kind of like bubbling murmur in in the community of like yeah, another another update's been out for a little bit. Oh, I've seen a lot of what I need to see. Like I wonder what's coming next. There's a little bit of speculation happening, and Mo- Mojang saying like, "Hey, all right, you know, we've got some you know we've got some things to announce. It will be happening on October third. Uh, it's going to be called Minecraft Live. Uh, tune in. You know, at you no know, twelve noon Eastern. Yeah. Uh, I want to give them a pat on the back for. While I have a little snark to say, like how many different names has this been now for the different (laughs) things? Uh, But kidding aside, stick with this one, Minecraft Live. Yes, it it covers everything. It covers the main game. It covers Minecraft Earth. It covers Minecraft Dungeons. It covers like any other thing that you might want to announce. It would cover the board game. Just Minecraft Live. It makes the most sense. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I I think before we move on to talk about the content of this trailer, to um to kind of go off what you said about uh you know when they're announcing this stuff um i i think a lot of people were expecting there to be some sort of event in september still because minecraft festival was still supposed to be happening in september and presumably they would have had all of the content for whatever announcements they were planning to make ready in time for minecraft festival which was supposed to be the in-person three-day convention like minecon used to be back in the day so yeah. I think a few people have been getting impatient because they thought, well, what's the holdup? There's just going to be no in-person event. Surely that's fewer things to plan. Why don't we have this information now? So I think, you know, at least they now have come out and said this. And I think it may have been, you know, held up in certain respects by the pandemic. It may have been, you know, just that they wanted a little bit more time to present some stuff that was in the pipeline or, you know, th- there are, there could be a number of reasons why it's been delayed from what was supposed to be the original date of minecraft festival until october but either way now we know and it's great that they've got this trailer out i
1: think too that there are hurdles to um switch what would have been a everyone's in the same location uh you know show and presenting information to we now have to do this across time zones we now have to do this across digital media how do we get coordinated efforts you know from uh, the different teams in different parts of the world
0: yeah you're, um, you're, you're suddenly you're working from a different playbook at that point aren't yeah you? yeah
1: and and crossing my fingers that there's going to be less dog and pony show than there has <laughs> been at at mine live uh-huh. or festivals in the past if you don't have that live audience if you don't have that kind of presentation to do that kind of stuff unless you want your presentation to be 30 minutes long you have to have more to show and so that might also be a little bit of the delay. They might have more content. I'm, I'm hoping that they have more content, um, but I would imagine it's most likely just pandemic, you know, and, and um, virtual complications that come up with this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, so going into the content of the trailer itself, uh, it was largely, you know, just animation and a few big text, uh, <laughs> wall of text kind of <laughs> things, that, but and, and literally like two words is the wall. Um, that that promised huge updates and a lot of imagery obviously from Minecraft itself because basically all of this is from Minecraft but there were some pretty big nods to Minecraft Dungeons and Minecraft Earth you have some of the mob variants from Minecraft Earth making some pretty large cameos Uh, you have you know nods to the uh, Enchanters and some of the other unique mobs from Minecraft Dungeons And to me, this kind of illustrates how Minecraft has grown broader in definition than just the core game. Like you were saying, everything kind of comes under the heading of Minecraft Live now. And it probably points to updates for those titles being a larger part of the live presentation. Um, I'm thinking it would probably be something along the lines of a roadmap for Dungeons DLC and whatever else Earth has going on, because I should really check back in with Minecraft Earth at some point. I kind of miss being able to do it while walking around, which is the main reason I, I haven't. Um, but they've been doing kind of seasons of content that have been rolling out and certain outfits you can get for your player character, and a lot of stuff has just kind of been popping up in Earth constantly in the background while we've been more focused on updates from the core game, so... I think uh if if anything if there's a big announcement about Minecraft Earth it might give me um you know at least a couple of days to just poke around inside Earth and see uh what exactly is different before they uh, they have this event
1: I need to pop into our Minecraft Earth channel in the Discord because I know there are some people that are still enjoying the game. And, and, and I also know that Minecraft Earth made some adjustments for um, closer-to-home gameplay with the pandemic and, and things like that. But Yes. Um, we don't mention it much on the show, but I feel like an unfortunate kind of set of events with the combination of releasing Minecraft Earth leading into the winter in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, followed quite quickly by the pandemic, kind of squashed any momentum that the game had yeah uh, i liked it i thought it was fun i didn't personally play it very much um mostly because it was de- it was device related i have an older phone so it yeah. just it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't able to play for very long at all
0: yeah but battery, I do remember, battery life was always a concern yeah, with it. yeah.
1: but i do re- but i do remember enjoying um because what i would do is basically my 15 minute bus ride home from the gym is is basically you know you're tired you're not i don't have a lot of brain power like i just and I'm like well here's a good opportunity when i'm moving across on public transit to kind of take advantage and see what's up with this app and i do remember like you know enjoying that part of it um but it's just one of those things where like it, it hasn't really crossed my mind uh however um i know that you know there are a lot of um like new mobs and mob variants and like different things that it almost feels from the news that I uh, I've seen. I do remember on one episode that we kind of covered like, Oh, there's actually been some decent patch notes come out for Minecraft earth. And there's been some different things. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder if some of it is kind of like a bit of a testing ground. Because it's uh, not the mainstream, you know, Minecraft app, I wonder how much of the, the Minecraft Earth team is like, well, let's take this spaghetti noodle and throw it at the wall and see what sticks and see if it's appealing. And if it becomes almost like meme like within the Minecraft Earth community, then that might be worth looking into, like whether that's something that makes it into dungeons or makes it into, you know, Minecraft, you know, prime, you know.
0: Yeah, if there is like a significant amount of momentum behind the muddy pig for example making mm-hmm. an appearance in regular Minecraft and I feel like you could get a similar movement out of something from Minecraft Earth that you got from brown mushrooms when one of the developers pledged to get those into the game and everyone was, you know, yelling at him on Twitter kind of jokingly and yeah, you could you could easily do stuff like that especially if you're you're kind of using Minecraft Earth as a sort of focus group for stuff that could work in the core game uh speaking of which of course the other big announcement that the uh the trailer for Minecraft Live made is that there is going to be another mob vote and i think this is probably a bit of a relief to people who didn't want to vote on another biome because ultimately we've still not seen the improvements to mountains that they said they were going to make from last minecon we presume that's going to happen um you know at some point when the next major update comes out and then beyond that there are still four biomes which they've pledged to update in future because they weren't going to discard any of the ideas that didn't win but we just don't know when those updates are going to happen so i think that the feeling in the air generally was if we're voting on a biome again we riot uh and so they've switched back to the idea of a mob vote remains to be seen whether it'll be like the mob vote that happened at the first live streamed event back in 2017 where we eventually voted for phantoms and the other three ideas were consigned to the void uh we will see if that happens or not but bear in mind that they've also promised new mobs with each of the biomes that they've announced (laughs) so there Mm -hmm. may end up being you know a lot of new mobs in the game ultimately anyway and this is just a vote for something completely different
1: this is going to sound crotchety and harsh but i care very little about voting on content now and Uh i realize that there are results eventually like the phantom is a great mob i think it's an excellent addition to the game but i think that in my opinion they've mishandled the momentum on the idea of voting on content and i just see it as a way for them to try to get people to tune in to to watch it live just to be there for the vote and have their you know voice heard um it's prove me wrong you know uh have the minecraft vote this this uh october and have the new mob show up in december you know like just if that happens i will change my tune i will eat my hat happily um i will also be pleasantly surprised if the new mob in minecraft quote-unquote is not just voting on one of the minecraft earth variants to bring right. over into yeah minecraft. yeah because the vote on the next new mob uh either very telling or intentionally misleading the two mobs featured in the trailer when they announced that possibility for the 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 live event were the muddy pig and the moon the bloom
0: yeah yeah so the, neither of which i care about
1: you the, know, da- like it's, the it's,
0: dandelion it's... variant of like a mushroom cow yeah
1: thing. yeah so i mean like if if you're going to add a new mob to the game make it a new mob you know make it something new that means new item new drop new Something like something new to think about if it's just a different texture for a pig, mm, not exciting, you know. Yeah, like not that's not and not worth a fan vote, you know what I mean? Like, do you want a muddy pig, a yellow cow, or I don't know what the third one might be? There was uh, like a, sh- a, a mushroom chicken,
0: period. was one of them, yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, so mushroom chicken, like which one of those do you want? I i don't know, just whatever you like, my, you know, my answer would be like, eh, I don't really care. <laughs> do yeah. I have to vote, you know? And so, and again, it sounds really crotchety and 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 like like i'm expecting something but it's it's one of those things where like i feel like if you're going to promise something like a brand new mob then i think it should be it should be something that y- unique um i would be m- ex- more excited about something from maybe dungeons coming along but again that's not new it would be just new to minecraft yeah Um. so uh, and again i'm not really sure how And we've talked the, uh, about that before about how some in theory or in uh not theory the idea of a minecraft dungeons mob coming to minecraft is is a fun thought but then sometimes you're like "Mm, i don't know fighting this thing in first person would really be my cup of tea yeah absolutely Uh, so there's some stuff like that where the top down really kind of gives you an advantage you know so um, but yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, as always, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I don't know what they mean by quote unquote, huge updates either. Do you have any idea? Any speculation?
0: I mean, it, it could be a variety of things. It might be that they've got a larger content update planned for regular vanilla Minecraft than we've expected for 1.17. We've kind of just assumed in previous, you know, just, just from previous information that, uh, 1.17 is just going to be mountains and it's going to be a smaller content update in the same way that 1.15 was with Buzzy Bees. And that being a lot of bug fixes, I I don't know at this stage. And I expect they will probably have a lot of content plans for Minecraft Dungeons because it's been a popular enough game and it has the capacity, as we discussed on last week's show, to be pretty easily expandable into other dimensions, other biomes, you know, a variety of other weapons and approaches to the game. And they've talked about in their developer diary the plans for expanding the end game content of dungeons so it maybe they have some plans that are already in the pipeline and some more of that is going to be announced along with whatever happens with the main show um yeah i i i'm kind of with you on the the mob vote thing like i i understand that yeah it it, it seems like a long wait between stuff that we've previously been told is going to be added to the game based on our votes and then we still don't have a mountain biome i think It is the, you know, it's often the case that people don't quite understand how much effort has to go into the development of these things, and uh, I I think a lot of the time, with a game like Minecraft especially, new features have to be tweaked and balanced, and if they don't know which one to prioritize first, they can't draft all of these things immediately and then just have one ready to go at the drop of a hat. It is more complex than that, but I do think like you said the timing could have been better the idea that we aren't getting to see the results of last year's vote before we handle this year's vote does seem like it's just slightly mistimed um but i'm hoping that we get we get something significant to vote on and to that end i actually have some thoughts on that but they tie into an email that we're going to be reading in a second so yeah. yeah
1: and i think that the other thing was and this came up in my twitch chat this weekend because uh, we were discussing the idea of of uh, the mountain update and the question was and you might remember this uh did they announce that in addition to the to the actual mountain biome update that they're going to be looking at the way the terrain generation worked was that yes something that they were yes okay yeah because because that would mean like if you want to read between the lines here and you're talking about quote-unquote huge updates right the way that terrain generates in minecraft would be a huge update like that would be a a a large that would be like another update level kind of change to the overworld Mm -hmm. and so that that could be something you know i'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and say like hey like that kind of stuff would be really cool um at the time in the trailer where they're talking about huge updates there's also a shot of the minecraft golem and um the um, minecart rails everywhere it's just a fun graphic but my brain went like oh man i would love them to upgrade minecarts like that Mm -hmm. would be another huge update something that's been part of the game and really not changed much for several several years i don't think Um, certainly as long as i've been playing the game so since like 2014 or 15 i've not seen um 14 15? no sorry um sixteen, seventeen. so like in the last three or four years i've not seen any major updates to minecarts so that that kind of thing would be fun so to kind of end on a positive speculative note like there are some things in the game that haven't been touched that i think would be exciting and interesting for players if they announced some changes coming to not just so much new content but more like we're we're gonna update some stuff that feels a little bit you know 10 year old you know
0: Yes. And in previous years, you and I have managed to get a stream going where we've commentated Minecraft Live as it's happening and done a kind of live coverage thing on Twitch. I think we're looking at doing the same thing this year. So tentatively, we can say that you can join us probably on my Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash pixelriffs on October 3rd, on Saturday, October 3rd, when the stream is going to go live and Joel and I, if we're available, will be commenting on it. I know last year I was in Spain, so I think you did it on your own, but then the previous year we did it, both of us, and we're going to try and do the same thing again if we can this year.
1: Yes, uh, that I have to look up the dates. That might coincide with the Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, right, but yeah. mostly that's a Sunday-Monday thing, not a Saturday thing. So I'll just have to be, I'll just have to be in touch with family a little bit ahead of that and just be like, Hey, can we put like, if you guys think Saturday is a good day, can we say no, Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe move it to a Sunday. Uh, but most of the time it's like a Sunday. Usually it's like a Sunday. That way people don't have to worry about getting up and going to work on a Monday morning after a big Thanksgiving family dinner. Sure. And stuff. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you're always too full to move the next day. So, um, so yeah, we'll look at that, but we'll, we'll let people know you can watch this space. You can watch, you know, Johnny and I on Twitter and just kind of like, you know, figure out what's going on we've got about a month before that actually happens so we'll fill in the details between now and then
0: yeah we'll definitely have some more details for you on the show itself uh once we get a little bit closer and we can finalize some of those details
1: moving on into email we have uh, a couple of messages this week the first one is from Pixel Shoes hi johnny and joel after turning in one of your podcasts sorry after tuning into one of your podcasts a few weeks ago i am very much hooked i love the way that you break sometimes overwhelming pieces of information into easily digestible quote-unquote chunks i see what you did there Pixel Shoes. Uh, my na- uh, question this week is about minecraft boss fights the only official bosses of the game are the ender dragon and the wither I would also consider a raid along the same lines, even if you don't officially call it a boss. Do you think that after the release of the Nether update this summer, that Minecraft is due another boss fight? Uh, as a builder at heart, I, I'm still a little afraid of the Nether. I'm not sure if I'm the best position to argue either way. But would love to see a further change or challenge excuse me for later game players to enjoy uh, adding such a a huge concept and potentially large mob to the game could prove challenging and making sure a balanced experience was still available would be tricky what do you think it would drop what would the, its attacks be could it possibly even be stronger than the than the ender dragon would love to hear your thoughts on the subject especially in regard to
0: how the game would balance out Yours chunkily, Pixel Shoes. So this was what I was holding back when we were talking about the mob vote. Because what if the mob vote at Minecraft Live was for a new boss mob? Mm. I feel like that'd be a a really interesting thing and probably quite a scary thing for the developers to put in the hands of the players. Uh, But I do wonder if huge updates and this giant mushroom cow kind of inspired people to think maybe maybe a giant boss mob is kind of on the way. And I obviously don't want to set any expectations for that and then have it not be the case. But I do like the idea. We had a little bit of a back and forth in Discord about that because somebody said, wouldn't it be funny to fight a giant mushroom and have like the, you know, the the, the hooves of the thing descending on you from a great height. Um, But then we eventually settled on the idea of like a Dune-style giant sandworm um, that you could summon in maybe in like a mined out desert and it would either regenerate the sand as it went kind of leaving a trail of sand like a slug leaves a trail of slime or it might turn into a bunch of sand blocks when killed because we've been talking about having renewable sand for all of the TNT that we're now using to mine for netherite in the nether what if a boss mob was to drop those if it turned into a bunch of sand blocks when killed and it was such a giant thing that that left a whole area completely covered in fresh sand I feel like having a boss mob be part of a renewable resource like that would be really interesting. So that's a, that's an idea that I threw out there as, you know, something that would be interesting to see in the game. And especially since people have talked about the overworld needing a boss. Since the Wither is considered the nether boss, despite being able to summon it everywhere, all of the ingredients for the Wither come from the nether. And the Ender Dragon is obviously the end dimension boss. But the overworld doesn't have any. And I think that's largely because... You don't want to stumble into a boss fight as a new player just exploring the world, so you need a Wither-style method of summoning it that players won't be able to do anyway but very deliberately. Um, So I was wondering if, yes, somehow some sort of, you know, giant thing to be summoned in the desert and could also, with a, a kill two birds with one stone kind of approach, solve the problem of needing renewable sand in the game.
1: That's an awesome idea. Like I,
0: yeah. my, my, I grew up watching things like Betelgeuse
1: cartoons, and like so, gi- a giant like black and white ringed sand, like cartoony sandworm would be, <laughs> yes. right up Minecraft alley. Like that would really make it make it cool. I, I even was thinking like, what if the You summit it in the desert, but what if it leaves the desert and starts turning surrounding biomes to sand? Like as it travels. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like a terraforming mob. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably technically very difficult to do from a game development standpoint, but it would be really neat if if it would, like, you know, destroy trees but turn dirt into sand as it touched it. Uh, And so maybe killing it right away isn't the best strategy. Like maybe you want to kite it around and say like, I need this to kind of turn some of this into sand so I can, you know, mine it up later. That that would be interesting.
0: People in our live chat are pointing out there is the option for that to get super griefy. But then again, the wither already is. You summon a wither in somebody else's base, you end up with the same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it 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 lends itself to the mob being dangerous to something other than just the player, which adds an extra dimension to the boss mob fight itself i don't know there's there's some interesting options there but yeah i i like the idea of a boss mob that also serves some functionality within the game you have the wither providing a beacon you have the dragon uh you know spawning gateways that take you to the outer islands now and also you know dropping a dragon egg as a trophy item it makes it kind of special that way and i think having a boss mob in the game really requires something other than just a big combat challenge it does need to have something special about it that you can't do just by fighting the average mob so i think having something like that that also has a mechanical purpose it'd be really interesting to see how people ended up automating that fight if they could you know suddenly it's a larger technical challenge for the tech community as well as something for the players who like a little bit more of a combat challenge
1: yeah, no, that would be really, really cool. I think that encompasses kind of everything. Uh, and it's funny, I didn't see that thread in our Discord, but my brain went to something very similar. Uh, I will give a nod probably to Tango Tech's uh, Lava Boss, the Kraken that he put out a video for yes. last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my brain went to like a tentacle mob, like a a a kraken type thing Uh, a single tentacle for me was a little bit more minecrafty like it's a little bit more simple so not that much different from a worm uh, you know in terms of you know its model in shape and general kind of like fight scheme but the idea was that you know it would either be a deep sea you know overworld fight or potentially something in the lava in the nether uh but then like a boss fight in the nether with all the lava and all the other mobs like gas and stuff that would be pretty unforgiving i don't know Mm -hmm. how much fun that would be um not that the wither is is that forgiving because i remember watching <laughs> watching you fight the wither in the overworld when it got loose and i was like nope i don't think i want to do that yeah. this thing flies like no no thanks um so yeah it's it's one of those things that i was thinking about um logically i would say uh and again kind of pulling from the trailer for minecraft live the redstone golem from dungeons would make more sense or make the most sense, I think, for a new boss in, in, uh, in Minecraft in terms of like, you know, you'd have to construct something out of redstone to summon it. You'd have to fight it in a similar kind of arena type fight that you do with the, the, the wither. You might, you very likely have to somehow contain it, you know, in order to make it be, you know, a little bit more doable. Um, in terms of what the, a boss mob might drop, this is where i'm stumped because what do care players care about the most digging efficiency and mobility when it comes to these big ma mo- drops right yeah you, know, you have the ender dragon that that uh ungates uh your elytra you know you have uh and shulker boxes and you have the wither that drops nether stars that you can then turn into beacons so what can you do to add to the game that's going to help a player and make the player motivated to fight something like a redstone golem or this tentacle monster or the sandworm. The sandworm is the it you know it's that your idea. It's it's the renewable sand that's the that's the reward, right? Um, but well, like what about another boss dropping netherite or a netherite star or something that gives a better beacon? I like I don't know where you can go with it. Ultimately, though, I think that if you add a new boss fight to the game without adding a new item something that's brand new not just more of what we have already or a a, a tweak to what we have already i think you'd have to add something new to make it interesting to players for them to want to tackle every time they play the game you know like every every time they start a new minecraft save are they going to want to fight the new boss for a specific reason or are there already two other easier ways to get that thing uh in minecraft because there's only one way to get another star, right? There's only one way to get a Elytra unless you have a data pack. You know, like in the vanilla game, you have to go beat the dragon to get Elytra in shulker boxes. Um, well, I say have to. You can probably squeeze your way out there, but it'd be t- tricky. Um, but with with those rewards, like you'd have to come up with something really appealing and, and, and make the player want to um, engage with that boss.
0: Yeah, yeah. What if, going back to your idea about wanting a minecart update, what if... Uh, Beating a redstone golem dropped something that you could add into a minecart that gave you more control over the minecart. Uh, Mm. so it had like effectively like you know you've lost the lever that controls which direction minecarts go for a really long time and then suddenly you have a minecart that can power itself just by like pulling a lever back and forth (laughs) or something like that i don't know there are are a variety of you know rocket power for a minecart so it travels faster and makes minecart travel viable again you know something like that could be uh could be kind of interesting yeah there's there's a a variety of things you could add to different aspects of the game and it it all just depends on what's I think the the reason I like the sand idea is because sand is such a fundamental thing it's just a block it's just a resource but it ends up getting used for so many things that
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know ultimately just having renewable sand seems like such a big concept for the game compared to an item that say if it drops something for minecarts if you don't want to use minecarts then that's a very specialized item that you just don't really have much of a useful so ideally it has to be something that really changes the game in an interesting way and that's where you know my ideas for new stuff tend to fall apart
1: and it's the kind of thing that i i would imagine if that was to happen we would hopefully get the kind of mojang flavored surprise that we did with striders you know like just everybody kind of
0: going like what okay Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff I look forward to, is them springing a, a mob on us where a boat would have done. It's good. Uh, let's move on to the next email, though. This one comes in from Dilken7, who is a new content engineer member of our Discord. Thanks so much for the email. The subject is learning Redstone. It says, Hey Joel, hey Pix, I am relatively new to Minecraft, and now finding myself faced with what I'm sure is a hurdle for most new players, Redstone. I'm an electrician, so logical approaches to basic circuits make the most sense to me, figuring out foundation components, understanding how they work, and building out larger and more complex solutions to problems based on these smaller building blocks dropper and hopper clocks, pulse extenders, knot gates, dropper elevators, item filters, etc. Is this how you both learned this ridiculous red dust functions in the game? Or do you take more holistic approaches to larger redstone circuits as standalones rather than a collection of smaller parts? Interested to hear from you. Love your work. Signed, that annoying guy with a million questions in Discord, Dilken7. Well, thank you so much for the uh, the email. It's I think it's really interesting to to hear about redstone from someone who has real-world electronics experience, (laughs) because I feel like a lot of people don't have that foundation to understand Redstone from to begin with. So uh, I'll let you answer this one first Joel, how how did you learn Redstone to begin with?
1: So while I'm not a pro, uh, I've learned from watching other Let's Play videos, and less from tutorials, uh, mainly because I think the things that happen in Let's Play videos are more practical. A lot of times when you go searching for tutorials, they're usually like the most efficient thing built in a void in creative mode. And while functionally you learn how to do things in Redstone, it's not very practical if you're a survival player like I am. And so um, I often will go back to the tutorial for reference. Uh, and a lot of times folks like uh, Nembon or uh, Mumbo will have their Redstone world available to download in the YouTube description, which is really helpful because um, sometimes listening to somebody that knows a lot about Redstone talk a mile a minute about it is hard to parse. And it's a lot easier to just download the thing and look at it and fly around it at your own pace, poke things and you know have a copy of it and see what's up. Um, my first, my trick for learning, uh, Redstone has always been to see something achieved in a let's play, like a-, a sorting system or a waterway or something like that. And then trying to recreate the concept by hand from memory without going back to reference. Yeah. Uh, I'll more often than not get stuck, but I'm usually farther and farther along each time that I try something new before I reach a point where like, I don't know how to do this timing circuit. Or I don't know why this piston door is not doing what I want. Why am I not able to get this redstone signal to do the things that I want it to do? Uh, Timing on um, like auto smelters and things like that. Uh, And then I will go and look at the tutorial for reference. Um, I think the best approach is to learn each thing as you need it rather than trying to learn all of the components all at once. Uh, I find that I retain information and you have a better practical understanding Uh, because sometimes the simplest way is the best. Like sometimes one of my favorite things to do with Redstone, especially when it's like live on stream is like, setting up a quick workroom and putting up to get you know a quick you know six smelter you know furnace array with a minecart and a couple of hoppers and then say oh hey if i want this to kind of like siphon off some of my netherrack i can do it this way and it's kind of like spitball stuff it's not meant to be compact it's not meant to be permanent and it's just a kind of a fun way to say like you know here's one solution to uh, one of many solutions to this particular problem that players usually have you know when they're setting up their first you know smelter or storage system And that kind of stuff, I find fun to dig into my existing knowledge, but then say like, all right, well, I've done this, these two ways, like a number of times, what's a different way I could try this and just sometimes just end up stumbling on something new. Um, I think the, uh, for me, also not really getting overwhelmed. has been nice because I didn't need like flying machines for the first two years I played Minecraft, so I didn't learn how to make them. So I didn't have to like learn it and then relearn it because I forgot it. So I usually just approach it that way. My solutions and my missions are usually practical, you know, like storage things or farms or whatnot. Um, I haven't gone into like trying to make anything like crazy, like a flying mining machine, because I just, I don't think I have the need for that.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same. And as somebody who hasn't learned much of electronics outside of school, I found the theoretical component of Redstone really difficult to understand on its own. Like you, Joel, I, I feel like I found much more value in practical examples and how is this actually going to affect the way i play survival minecraft rather than how exactly does this redstone dust work and whenever i try to learn about redstone stuff through stuff like the minecraft wiki text-based resources my brain completely shuts off like i can't read comments about redstone sometimes and try and figure out what people are trying to say because it is quite difficult to describe how to do something in text rather than explain it practically on screen. Like, I'm, a, maybe that's just for me, but I'm a much more visual learner in general. Um, I'm going to read you an example sentence from the Minecraft Wiki article about Redstone Dust just to prove my point here. A quote, when redstone wire is reconfigured after placement, it does not change it does not update other redstone components around it of the change unless that reconfiguration also includes a change in power level or another component provides an update. Like out outside of the context of actually doing something with this in the game, I have no idea what any of that means. And yet, like I'm still somebody who can use redstone to a fairly competent degree. And some of that does make sense to me now, but when I was trying to learn how to use redstone, it just feels like gibberish. And I think practical examples really help because whenever anyone asks me to make a video explaining what a comparator does, or maybe more broadly, how redstone works... I can explain all of the functionality of a comparator, but people are still left asking, yeah, but what does it do though? (laughs) And at which point I find it much easier to build a comparator dropper clock or an item filter. And that starts to demonstrate how you actually use it in game rather than just telling you what it does. And so, yeah, I I find that practical examples and starting with a problem like, okay, how am I going to turn this dispenser on and off every 30 seconds so that it flushes the mobs out of this mob spawning platform. That becomes something that you can then resolve with redstone, but that comes a little bit easier just through trial and error and experimentation than something like having to understand how comparators work beforehand so that you can make yourself a dropper clock or something like that. it's, It's really interesting, but you do find certain aspects of learning redstone work different ways for different people for me it's very much more about practical examples
1: and there's so much redstone stuff in the game that would require and would benefit from visual examples that you don't get uh an example of like the power output of a hopper when it's only two-thirds filled with you know items it's very hard to explain because you're dealing with like multiples of 64 and there's only 5 and then you get to divide it by 5 like just there's all this stuff that even the game doesn't give the player feedback outside of like experimentation until the redstone line clips an extra powerpoint you know and and so that stuff i've always found very challenging and there's a lot of just trial and error um, i remember i don't know if i'm the one that came up with this but i designed it without any reference and it is a clock that triggers my pumpkin farm twice a day, and there's two daylight sensors, one set today, one set tonight, and then there's a hopper filled with I don't know how many items in between, and so the two daylight sensors are putting off a certain amount of redstone um, signal twice a day, once when the sun goes down, once when the sun comes up, and twice a day it's more powerful than what's coming out of the uh, hopper, and so it bypasses the the comparator and turns on the farm, and I. It took a lot of just like practical working knowledge of, my, of Redstone to come up with that. But it's not an overly complicated, you know, circuit. It's just, it's just that kind of level of like everyday experience. So for people learning Redstone, I'd say like patience is definitely a factor for sure
0: yeah and and just understand your way of learning things because for once actually i think this is a unique thing that's come up in 105 episodes of the show dilken seven is in our live chat and said i'm awful at redstone but the sentence you just read from the minecraft wiki made perfect sense to me and that's interesting because that means you are probably more of a text-based theoretical learner than you will be you know, informed by practical examples or some sort of balance that shifts more towards text-based stuff. So devour the Minecraft wiki would be my advice. To me, (laughs) that approach sounds kind of like trying to read a book on HTML cover to cover and then expecting me to design a website afterwards. I don't know if I would really know where to start even if I understood it because I have to actually puzzle my way through stuff as i go to get any kind of results whereas i think yeah it it, to some people it's going to make perfect sense to do the theoretical approach and yeah all of the math based data before you end up actually taking that into the game and doing stuff with it and then there are also examples of things that work in survival like you know the the examples we've just given about mob farms and item filters and that kind of stuff versus the folks who go into creative and build Uh, you know, data storage circuits. Like you're effectively building computer parts in Redstone in Creative. Not necessary at all in Survival until you get to doing stuff that maybe requires like a circuit that has memory, which is not something the average person needs to build. I think it's, you know, a different approach and whatever inspires you the most, chase that until you find yourself approaching Redstone in a way that you comfortably understand what you want to do with it. Great email. Thanks very much. Yeah, definitely. Really like uh, discussing Redstone in a more technical way when we can. uh Let's move on to our main topic for this week's show, and it's going to mainly focus on Joel's adventures in modded, because this is kind of exciting. You've, you talked about, I think, in one of our earliest episodes, you talked about really wanting to get into modded Minecraft, but of course, you know, now is the opportunity you've had to do that, having a, a PC that can comfortably run these mod packs and. You know various other things, uh, it's led to you trying all of Fabric 3. That's the the pack we're talking about, right?
1: Yes. So I decided on Fabric because of the aforementioned technical issues that I've been dealing with. And Fabric has been the intermediate patch that I've been able to implement with a bunch of their performance and optimization mods that help me just play on the Citadel on a regular basis. But I feel like there's this perfect storm of like having some tech frustrations. Um, the Nether update kind of the the to-do list for me kind of like ran out uh it's a beautiful update that i really like but i just couldn't find myself doing a lot in it uh and uh i think also just like the i want to say exhaustion but the the idea of um not having anything on the citadel that was that new it would just be a a a different version of the same sort of gameplay And I've really enjoyed watching other modded series, um, in particular, taking some inspiration from Iskall85 and his FunCraft series. And uh, there was, oh, I've watched you play modded as well. Um, And and stuff like that I just find interesting. And I always find um, that like the technology side of things very confusing about modded. And I thought, you know, in order to to, um, practically talk about this on the show, we do get some emails about modded from time to time, that it would be good for me to try and dive in and, and try something new. And so keeping with Fabric, uh, which which to me was, a, a, an, it was supposed to be an easier way to load um, mods, I discovered it wasn't, um, mostly because of the Twitch launcher, because uh, running the other mod, the other Fabric mods for the, the Citadel, very easy. Downloading the Fabric launcher and like doing all that kind of stuff, it's very, very simple. It's no more complicated than installing Optifine, really. Um, but it did take a little bit extra effort to get um, the Twitch launcher to work with all of Fabric 3. However uh victory has been achieved and I was streaming for like three three hours and change maybe yesterday uh walking around in uh a modded Minecraft world and it was like a being a deer in headlights like there's just <laughs> so much in this pack. And so I toyed around there's a couple of different versions of this. There's Olive Fabric Mini, which is a smaller collection of mods. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most notable being the Tech Reborn. Terrestria and Traverse are the um, biome mods, uh, conveyance, and uh, a couple of other things. And there's also, uh, we mentioned Minecraft Earth earlier, uh, Olive Fabric Strawberry, which adds uh, a couple of mod packs that bring in mobs from Minecraft Earth into uh, Minecraft. Oh, uh, interesting. Kinda, yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, I believe Cosmic actually in our community is, is messing around with Olive Fabric Strawberry. Um, but Olive Fabric 3, I was toying with Fabric Mini, but I thought, you know what? i I might as well i don't want to start a new world and then realize i really like this and be like oh i should have had more more you know stuff installed so as overwhelming as all of fabric 3 is with over 130 mods uh not all of them are content mods um but i thought i will just not play the stuff that doesn't interest me you know like i've i've seen other players do that where they have a mod pack that they have not curated themselves and they've just decided like, mm, this mod here is really overpowered. We're just not going to use that. You know, yeah. we're going to play, we're going to go this other tech tree. Let's say Tech Reborn is the one that you want to do. And um, Applied Energistics is like, nope, that's just not for me. You just don't have to play it. You mm-hmm. know, you might find some content, you know, in chests and things that are related to it, but you can just kind of skip over it. Um, so I'll also give a quick shout out to uh, Chosen Architect, who is a uh, Minecraft YouTube Uh, and Twitch uh, player. Uh, They have a Let's Play series on Olive Fabric 3. I'll have a link to the the playlist in the show notes. I only watched one and a half episodes because once they kind of got into the point where they were discovering new things in the game, I stopped watching because I wanted to discover them for myself and not have them spoiled. Um, But they get a lot farther in their uh, Let's Play than I do in my single um, stream because, of course, they're doing an edited series. So they're putting in a lot more hours and they're farther ahead of than I am they started it back in August I think yeah so I
0: uh, I used to play on the forever stranded lost Souls server with chosen architects oh cool um, yeah so we've hung out before we I think we played some hypixel games a while back as well yeah nice guy He's a re- he
1: strikes me as a really nice dude. Very articulate, really good content. Very easy to listen to. Uh, uh, his time lapses, and he's a really cool builder too. Like he does some really fun stuff. It's not just all about the tech mods with him. It's not just progression. Yeah. It's it's, it's like, well, I've progressed enough today. I've discovered like six new blocks. Let's make something pretty out of them, which is I, I find really, really interesting, which is how I want to approach uh, my playthrough. What I was hesitant about uh, doing in my playthrough was um, starting from scratch again, Uh, As interesting as it was to do the 116 Adventure to the Nether, uh, I just have no desire to just go back to Stone Pickaxes and stuff after three years of endgame. Uh, However, this mod pack, gives you the opportunity to really get going in a hurry, uh, specifically if you find villages. So as a tip for anybody that might want to try this, you go into villages and there's just a lot of things in terms of um, the food packs that are in there, the um, different things that you get for uh, drops and, and materials. You can find an awful lot of stuff in the chests in villages to really get yourself going. Like I haven't had to kill an animal for food or plant and harvest any food. I've just been collecting stuff and it's been fine. Uh, so that worked out great
0: yeah we uh we joked about this off camera but i was watching the vod of your stream and you found lettuce tomatoes and bread and i was really hoping you were going to find bacon because <laughs> i was like <laughs> the blt is gonna happen and yeah it's it's fun at least finding mods like you know pam's Harvestcraft or whatever i think epicurean might be one of them in this pack there's like food expansion mods and stuff like that that kind of give you a little bit more um you know variety of food and it 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 tends to uh it tends to lead to minecraft feeling a little bit more alive in a sense in that you know the you you don't just eat steak and potatoes all the time i mean not making any judgments about anyone's diet in the real world but you end up with having you know a a variety of other things to to use and there's there's some really fun stuff you can just make sandwiches and all kinds of stuff in in pam's harvest craft specifically and that's the only one i think i've had more experience with but
1: yeah, I was actually hoping to find some stuff that would be ports, like things that I would have been familiar with watching in other people's like Forge yeah. modded playthroughs because this yeah. is a fabric mod. So, and I don't really feel like there's much of a portability from Forge to Fabric because anytime I see a comment on a, on a Forge, mo- a Fabric mod saying, will this come to Forge? The developer's always like, nope, because it's not easy. It's it's not like a, a copy paste thing. It's like a, you. it's completely different, I think.
0: Yeah, um, you, can't, you can't just take it out out of the fabric folder and drop it into the forge folder. It's no. yeah, a little bit more sophisticated behind the scenes. More
1: rewriting. Yeah, but 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 the graphic assets are the same because uh, I've definitely seen Tech Reborn before uh, in other mods, uh, mod packs. So uh, some of this stuff is feeling very similar to me. There's pipes and there's things like that. So I'm really interested in getting into this and I should put a big asterisk here. I have not read the full mod list. I have not familiarized myself with everything. I'm basically just kind of like researching as I come. I also wanted to see how the game would throw it at me and what kind of information I was going to get from the game. Yeah. Um, knowing that I would have to go look things up because this isn't, like, it's not vanilla Minecraft. It's not gonna, like, the recipe book and, and pop-up tutorials is not gonna really give me everything. Um, and uh, the one thing that I haven't got around to yet because I was just too distracted by looking around uh, is that the um, there's also advancements. There's an uh, extra advancements with a lot of these mods that will help you kind of, like, figure out what's gonna happen next. Right, that, um, that
0: was gonna be my big question, actually, because my preference for playing any kind of mod pack now is to have some sort of indicated progression or quest book. And that's something that the advancements feature has been really well integrated into Minecraft in terms of its customizability, because you can then provide an advancement pack for your specific mod that tells people the progression without them having to go to the wiki. And that's the most important thing for me is knowing how to progress through a mod and get the most out of it without being pulled out of the game to go and look up somebody's writing on this is what you should do in this order
1: and i and i find the the Curse Forge page pages very vague there's yeah. no, there's not a lot of content there a, a
0: lot a lot of it is information for mod pack developers rather than information for you know consumers for want of a better term you know just for the average yeah. player and yeah if you throw me into a kitchen sink pack you know whether you've just thrown a bunch of mods together without any objectives in mind like unlike something like sky factory where the the you know it starts off like Skyblock, but then you can do a whole bunch more with it and eventually you progress through a different set of uh you know a different set of objectives there is an achievement book that you get given at the start that tells you basically this is the order in which you should do some of the stuff to get started and then it can get broader from there in terms of objectives when you throw me into a kitchen sink pack i have no idea where to start i always end up just playing vanilla and at which right. point I think, well, why am I even playing modded in the first place? It's just like vanilla, yeah. with, a, vanilla with a custom map is effectively what I'm playing yeah. at that stage.
1: And I was trying to resist that because uh, I was like, you know, going into caves and stuff like that and realizing like I didn't even have a wooden sword and i was like okay wait a minute hold up like i need to we i need to like get past the first night sort of situation so you know using the villages and the beds and trying to like you know get myself to a point where i I didn't have to worry about too much which was good um there are some things like um to to get to into progression the first thing that's going to strike you i think is like things like delicious dishes and sandwichable um there's different plants and different items that you pick up right away and you think okay well which food is going to be best for me, what's going to be the easiest and most efficient food for me to make. And so you can kind of get into some progression there and kind of like working yourself through like, okay, well, do I need a sandwich board? Like I need a profession block for this. Like if I plant some lettuce and some tomato, is that going to be enough to keep me going with some bread or do I have to do other things? And so there is a little bit of progression there. Now there's also a a mod called patchouli. And I am not sure if this is meant for mod makers or for mod players or both. Uh, but it looks like it gives the mod um, developers the ability to make in-game written books that then can be provide uh, guides. Uh, and right, I remember yeah. it was one of the one of the weapons and tools mods that Esko was playing in his his modded series, and it had a companion book. And you make the companion book, and the companion book was what explained what each resource did how to combine it with different materials and what it did when you applied it to a shovel or an axe or a pick or whatever yeah
0: uh tinker's construct has a really good example of that that's kind of the main uh like tool-based mod that a lot of forge mod packs use
1: yeah exactly so that kind of stuff is uh included in this mod pack but i have not yet stumbled upon it so i don't know there is i did pick up a book but i think the book that i got was for one of the interior decoration mods it's the kind of thing that does like sub block stuff like you know half stairs and like things like that yeah tables and uh uh, benches and and things uh it's called adorn and and so as soon as i got anything to do with adorn all of a sudden i found a book in my inventory and so i didn't see it drop it must have just appeared there was just so much happening on screen at once that there's a few things i think i probably missed um The first thing that I noticed about playing were the biomes. Um, There are a lot uh, and they're similar, but then very different compared to vanilla Minecraft. And the difference to me, I think is basically just the amount of stuff, the amount of stuff that's in any given like area of screen that you're looking at. And it can be something as simple as just like, there's just more flowers. There's just more tall grass. Anything to kind of make it look just that bit different, yeah, but still feels very vanilla. Like they have this uh, lush uh desert, and it's just there's just more cactus, there's brown grass, and there's like little cactus with flowers on them. It's not that drastically different from vanilla Minecraft, but it just there's just so much stuff to look at when you walk by, it's very, very cool. Uh, uh and an autumnal forest, terrain generation, and trees. not that much different than vanilla except of course as you might expect it looks like pumpkin pastures with red orange and yellow leaves It's beautiful really really cool so a very subtle change uh so stuff like that was basically me walking through the world going "ooh, shiny and then forgetting what i was (laughs) saying or doing and like walking off to go do something else yeah that that Um,
0: was that was going to be one of my other questions was how much of this is just repurposing vanilla blocks in different formations. You know, how much of it would just end up being yeah. reproducible in the vanilla game. And it seems like it's about 50-50 from the screenshots that you posted here. There's like, yeah. like, like you said, the terrain itself, just the generation of you know sand and dirt and hillsides and stuff like that does not seem all that different from vanilla. And what you have is a few additional plants a few additional ways of generating trees one radically different looking tree in a kind of roofed forest structure where the the tree looks like a a totally different type of wood but that's as simple as effectively retexturing a different wood type and then yeah you've got a few other things here that look like yeah vanilla with sprinkles in a sense but it's it does provide a, a visually different experience right away which kind of tells you immediately you are playing modded now Which is, I feel like, an immersive part of the experience and kind of a good way of getting players started off thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be a completely different aspect of the game.
1: Yeah, I wandered five or 700 blocks easily just like looking for a cool place to set up shop, not wanting to just set up in the savannah biome that I spawned in. Because it's like, well, I've seen savannah biomes before, like let's try to find something new, you know? and and quickly that spiraled into an hour and a half of walking around <laughs> um but but yeah like it just they they do there is a combination like sometimes you'll get new leaf colors uh new wood types uh i really uh enjoyed the white oak tree that i found mm-hmm. and so it it's more of a a gray brown trunk uh but it has a very white wood it's almost the same color as sand in terms of how you use it but it's a it's it and then it, it works like wood wood expect to be you know used it's it's got planks and fences and all kinds of stuff and so that kind of stuff is is very vanilla um the thing that crept up on me that i wasn't expecting was uh a mod called blockus because i was looking through the i don't know what it's called it's the it's the menu when you open up your your inventory there's your main inventory in your little gray ui but then there's this right hand side that has basically like an index of everything um whether you know how to craft it or not like it's just all there and you can do searches but the problem with that for me right now is that you can only do searches for items that you actually know the name of yeah um i would then be stumbling upon something and say oh this is part of the astro minor pack and i tried typing in astro minor and it didn't yield any searches so it's like well that." I, I really i want to kind of like when i discover something from a new mod uh i want to be able to search for all the things related to that mod so i can kind of like backtrack and say okay well i might have just picked up some silver ore but i not might not be able to do anything with that right now however this sounds interesting what is my gate what's my entry level into astro miner like where does it start
0: yeah right? I and... i may be i may be able to help you with the searching thing because if it's anything like versions of that i've used before um nei or not enough items was one uh just enough items or jei was another one i'm not sure what it'd be called in this pack but if it works anywhere near the same way whatever search bar you have type an at beforehand and then type the name of the mod and it should show you everything from that specific mod but it doesn't Uh... really it doesn't signpost that as a feature in game it's something you'd have to dig through menus and configs and stuff to go looking for so it's kind of a shame but then i honestly yeah. i honestly think like oh apparently it's called roughly enough items or rei in this one um i was just looking through the mod list here uh on curseforge and i think learning to use that interface is like one of the most fundamental skills in playing modded minecraft because for looking up recipes and for understanding what a block is i i feel like you need to learn how to use that because then It gives you an idea of progression and there are a couple of shortcuts you can do to click on something which will then show you how that is crafted or then what it is subsequently crafted into if it gets upgraded later and there are a variety of things that you can determine just with a couple of clicks like is this something I am just going to find? Is it something I need to craft? Is it something that then gets turned into something else and what resources do I then need to get and how do I get those? And you kind of go down the rabbit hole of all of the steps required to make a you know an industrial smelter or something like that
1: exactly and that and that was the the kind of the block that i got kind of sucked into where it's like i really want to know more about this but then i'm also like i don't even have four walls and a roof yet like you know like i I kind of got sucked into this like overwhelm of information and like trying to figure out how how can i learn more how do i find the beginning i feel like i'm kind of thrown into not the middle but i kind of feel like i was thrown in two steps past the start you know, in terms of like, you start mining copper and, and iron and things, and you're like, okay, well, I've got all this stuff, but what does it do? And it's like, well, it makes all these different kind of like hammers and sickles and, you know, different things. It's just like, but but what did they do? Like, you can craft a hammer. Do I want to use this much iron to craft a hammer? Maybe. What, like, what does a hammer do? I've crafted one hammer, does nothing. Crafted another hammer, and it's a mining hammer, and it would, exp- it does what you've seen a lot of hammers do in other uh, mod packs, which is it mines a three by three. Yeah. Uh, and and has much more durability than a pickaxe so like if you're just creating your mine i mean i'm excited to use things like hammers and having some of these um efficiency tools and there's a mining tool that had the same durability or more than a pickaxe and it only cost one more iron and it has some sort of functionality but i can't figure out what it is um i feel like it's specific specifically meant to mine uh ores like it it doesn't do a whole lot if you're just mining stone out of the wall but if you find like coal or something it does some special stuff and um again like I just I didn't take the time on purpose to like read a lot of this kind of stuff cuz I kind of wanted to jump in blind and and just kind of see how much I could figure out um so that's good to know about the interface cuz I think that'll help me in, in the long run um I I really enjoyed looking into the more complicated stuff I want to play this like a tech playthrough so i'm probably going to focus mostly on like the tech mods and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i'm enjoying the biome stuff a lot and i it it to me it's like you've got terrestria and traverse which do a lot but then there's there's another uh, two more um ones called woods and Myers. the woods and Myers is the one that i feel like adds an awful lot to the detail in the game yeah those those tend to be in between biomes so you'll have a swamp and you'll have a forest but in between you'll have like a lush swamp and so it it takes that kind of hard border of something going from from land to not land and turning it into like well now there's like little bogs everywhere there's a ton of plants and it just sort of feels like a more natural progression um i used the ecotunes world gen uh i don't entirely understand what it's supposed to do that's different from vanilla uh, other than add some more biomes and, and create a smoother transition between biomes. I feel like Ecotunes is more meant to work with Terrestria and Traverse rather than anything on its own. Um, however, I tried a bunch of test worlds at first thinking like, well, I don't want to start a new world and get stuck with um, crappy generation that I don't like. So I didn't want to do vanilla. Uh, I looked at the uh, Simplex stranger Generation and while it's cool looking at first, it's really samey like it's just these rolling hills and mountains everything is very even the one or two villages i came across when flying over a a simplex um world gen they were really broken like they Mm -hmm. really didn't jive well whereas the villages that i've seen with with eco um tones seem to be a lot more in better integrated so i went with that um i've spoiled a little bit for myself in flying around some of these test worlds i saw some structures in a jungle that i do not recognize and they are huge like i'm talking like <laughs> nether nether fortress level like um structures to to explore and real jungle
0: out. temples is what you're yeah, after that. yeah
1: yeah yeah no it looked really cool and uh in my playthrough uh there's a floating island no idea what that was I swam up to the top realized that not only is there a skeleton spawner in there but it sounds like there's probably a zombie spawner in there too yeah didn't even have a bow at that point and kind of said okay this is cool mental note we'll be back bye
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I can I can basically throw tomatoes at you at this point that is like (laughs) the only thing I can manage yeah yes yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah so so there's a lot of adventure stuff in there too like I'm really looking forward to exploring more of it and Uh, obviously it's very exciting to have new blocks uh i again i'm stuck with not knowing what the blocks are called to look them up uh in searching for a dark gray stone block i ended up finding uh asphalt which you can dye. and then well how do i make asphalt oh it's just it's like a coal surrounded by gravel Mm -hmm. so that's sweet okay that's an early game resource I, i can get those things uh, and it's a new block that I can play with. And it's it's really nice looking actually. It's, it's akin to concrete powder that's not gravity affected. Uh, it's a little smoother, it's almost like terracotta, but it's just, it's one of those things that you can make very, very easily. And uh, I re- I'm I'm really enjoying that new block perspective. Uh, I'm gonna go with like a modern build style. I'm gonna go with like really simple boxes and kind of like cantilevered modern architecture. So I'm not gonna be spending a lot of time like trying to make something look weathered and like you know castles and things. I've got the Citadel for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to to seeing what I can do with like some tech stuff and trying to figure out where to put you know uh, a storage system and and whatnot. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of exploring and seeing what's going to go on in in the rest of the world um i i am reminded of the overwhelming feeling i had when i first started playing minecraft and you're trying to figure out how the game works and like what what are you supposed to do right right yeah yeah and so so i'm having that challenge that you mentioned earlier about like i'm not really having much of a progression or a, a mission like i don't there's no quest book as far as i know um, uh, when I was watching Chosen Architect, um, he referred to the uh, achievements list as your quest. Kind of like that's where you want to go. If you if you're a quest driven person, then that's probably where you want to go. Yeah. Um, the other thing that stood out to me that are definitely new that I've never experienced before, uh, things like a handheld crafting table. I'm only <laughs> half used to it. Crafting it's very, table mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very convenient and cool. Uh, but i forget that i have it it can be in my hotbar. i completely forget that i have it (laughs) and i'm like constantly going to the crafting table that i've put down Um, things like sleeping bags i still carry a bed so like there's a bunch of like i have to unlearn what i have learned um from from vanilla minecraft uh and i feel weird about the vod because i i played for three hours i built a platform and chose a block for the wall that's like next to nothing. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't do anything, but try to explore and learn how to even play modded, which might be fun for people to watch too. Um, But yeah, I, the one thing that I think is going to be frustrating for me and difficult to parse is going to be the multiple mods that are in the pack that have the same item, but it's a by name, but it's a different thing. Yeah. So, Yeah, 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 astro Miner and tech something tech i don't remember the name of the tech mod um they both have copper they both have silver they both have lead and they look very very similar but different and they do very different things yeah so <laughs> the the tech reborn i think is what it's called that is all to do with like smelting and, and plating and like augmenting. And so like you can turn, you can put plates on a furnace and then turn the furnace into something more efficient and all that kind of stuff. But then astro miner is more like axes and swords and like uh, augmenting weapons and that kind of thing. But I don't know what I would, what I need right now are things like tweaks to weapons to make life more efficient and, and mining more efficient but i'm not getting the silver and the copper from astrominer i'm getting the silver and the copper from a tech reborn and i don't even have a smelter that can do anything yet because it requires like circuitry and things so like i'm getting all the materials for like mid-tier tech reborn (laughs) and and i'm getting none of the astrominer stuff but all of the stuff that you can make with astrominer are the things that i need and um i just i think the first thing i need to do when i return to it is Get sorted with a decent like set up couple of chests and some a uh, house, and then have a place that I can just go adventure like just travel a couple hundred blocks in multiple directions, see what I can find. We already discovered a we called it a witch's mansion, there was nothing in it, but it was in a swamp and it was full of stuff it had like circuit boards and like all these kind of things my inventory was full so i couldn't take any of it anything it. but it's not far from where i ended up setting up shop so we'll we'll return to it and i never thought that i would like this feature but it grew on me very very quickly the mini map and having a map uh really helpful yeah yeah like really helpful getting your bearings and realizing because all the biomes are new so like you're trying to figure like well which way was that you know and you can see the difference when you're looking at a pixelated minecraft map from the top down especially in full screen you can go oh that's the lush swamp that's the meadows there's the village i was just at uh i have a north southeast west when i turn around on the mini map like that was a lifesaver for me not going like where the heck am i yeah (laughs) especially especially when
0: the when the terrain is so unfamiliar to you in the early stages of a modded playthrough then yeah like you're not going to be able to navigate by landmarks in the same way that you do in vanilla you don't know what that biome is on your left to begin with much less how to get back there if you get lost so I really feel like mini-maps are kind of, yeah, the, the bread and butter of modded playthroughs. It's funny, like, the range of mods in these packs is always really interesting to me because you see 130 plus mods and from the outside that can look kind of intimidating. What you've got to remember is that this includes things like a mod which resizes the advancement window and that is all that mod does. So that is one mod down out of 130 and it does something fairly trivial like... Uh, you know, a mod which allows you to bookmark and favorite worlds in the menu. You know, you've got to remember that when you see 130 plus mods, they aren't all content mods, so if you're intimidated by the size of a mod pack and you think, oh, my computer's never going to be able to handle running 130 mods at once, some of them are just tiny tweaks which just customize some stuff about Minecraft that the mod author found, you know, needed to be customized. Um... On the other hand, you do have surface biome overhauls. You have mods which add underground biomes to caves. There are new generated structures. Uh, One of the first things you encountered was an iron golem that had laser vision. (laughs) It had like a a cyclops-style visor (laughs) on the front of it. Oh, yeah. and you, it was looking at a villager and you were like, wait, did that just shoot something? And then it turned to you and looked at you with its single cycloptic <laughs> eye. And I was like, oh, okay, this is that kind of mod pack, right? You also yeah. have stuff like jetpacks and things like that later on as well. So yeah, yeah. And, it...
1: and, and my, my mode uh, apparatus at the beginning of the stream was stealing from villagers. So I was just like, I'm just going to back away slowly from, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> from this dude. We ran into, uh, you probably hadn't seen it, but we ran into a, um, an obsidian golem. Later oh, on, oh,
0: interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's uh, crying obsidian type stuff. Had like the weird, um, he looked like he was part of a oh, what's it called? What's the thing that sets your spawn in the nether? I'm like a
0: respawn anchor,
1: respawn anchor. So it looked like he had like colors from a respawn anchor instead of the rose, the rose vine that goes up them and had like yeah. a respawn anchor colors going up them. Uh-huh. It was really interesting. I have no idea what it does. Maybe it's just a tougher iron golem. Like, I, d- yeah, I don't maybe. know. Um, but but stuff like that is really kind of cool to come across and some of the, the thing about the, all the mods is like sometimes the mod just does one thing like adds 12 new kinds of flowers that's it that's all it does yeah. you know and sometimes it's just pretty sometimes they actually do dyes um, sometimes there's other things like there's one mod in there where its only function is that you can bone meal regular size flowers and get a duplicate that's it Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of it in here one of the reasons that I, i just decided to play this mod pack is that there's a lot of it in there where it's like this isn't your first minecraft playthrough you've probably restarted the game a number of times you don't necessarily want to go through that early early game grind right now but you want some new content and i feel like there's a lot of like quality of life kind of like skip the intro kind of mods in this which i'm okay with uh and and i feel like that's going to be it's going to be good because it's going to it's going to help me skip over the content i've done a couple times already and just move into you know the other stuff right um so it's it's one of those things where uh i'm really looking forward to exploring more but i'm curious and i, I would be remiss if i didn't ask this view as someone that has a lot more experience with with modded playthrough than than I do. Like, do you have like any advice for someone that has just kind of like dove in at the deep end um and and wants to explore it, but like doesn't want to get frustrated, you know, like to the point where I I like I don't want to get frustrated to the point where it's not fun. I don't want to spend half of my gameplay on the wiki. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that that's really what I was saying about learning the item lookup interface that's on the right hand side when you open your inventory that is paramount i think to understanding basically any mod pack and a lot of the time yeah you'll be able to look up recipes that way so you don't have to go to the wiki even if you don't know what a thing does you can just pursue like you can go down the rabbit hole of like well that sounds like it if if it's called like a something grinder then like okay that probably grinds down resources i'll probably need that later what do i need to make to make that and They're usually pretty good at providing kind of snapshots of the GUI of each thing that's going to be you know, it's either a furnace smelting something into something so you can tell what that's supposed to do. Yeah, or it requires it's...
1: energy. Where do you get the energy? Like I yeah. saw some stuff like that. I had trouble with going through that because I did, I did kind of like backtrack and figure out how to make a stone post, which is basically a stone fence post. Yeah. Um, and, and multiple different variants, which is really cool. So you can make them out of like end stone and red sandstone and all this kind of stuff. But you have to make a rod and then combine it with stone. And I figured out how to do that. But I was looking at something where it was like a very complicated smelter thing. And I was backtracking to figure it, okay, well, this comes from this, comes from this. And I found like like the root of where you need to start. But then I couldn't go back forward again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You uh
1: know, and so the problem was there. was like, okay, well, I learned how to do this sort of, but I need to go back to where I was and I can't get there. And I don't remember what item I started with. Like, did I start with the ingot or did I start with a weapon? Like, how did I get onto this tree and i just couldn't figure out how to do it and there's some ui stuff that i find very frustrating
0: yeah that's the Um, thing learning the ui is half the battle because there will be shortcuts that obviously aren't surface level but they allow you to either undo the last few steps of the kind of clicky rabbit hole you've gone down or they are the reverse shortcut of you clicking through to get to that stuff where you click back through holding down shift or control or something that will let you go back up the levels and so yeah Yeah. it's 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 one of those things that's kind of difficult to describe but once you have it down it just becomes muscle memory and that's how you navigate you know jei or nei or rei in this case
1: i i feel like there's probably a lot of like um uh not mu- well yeah I guess muscle memory but there's probably a lot of like click shift click right click stuff that yes. mod players are just used to that I'm just like not absolutely even thinking, not even thinking to try so that's probably what I need to do maybe a little bit on my own before I j- jump into the next the next the next stream where I'm stumbling over my own my own mouse finger yeah um, I... one thing I, I will say that was very frustrating that I know is not my fault I really feel like it was a shortcoming of of one of the mod uh I don't know which one But uh, when I go to type in a search bar and if I hit a hot key, my expectation is that that hot key should not do the hot key thing. The hot (laughs) key should, that key should type the letter N or whatever it is that I'm doing. I ended up in some config screen that I could not get out of. I actually had to quit. I had to task manager quit. Minecraft (laughs) you had to like force kill the instance of Minecraft that should not happen because I could because I was typing like someone had said like it was that REI or NEI or something we were talking about the interface at the top of the screen that when you point your cursor at something it tells you what you're looking at which is really helpful at first but then also ultimately distracting and very far away from where I'm looking so I'm less like I just picked that thing up I know that I had a UI indicate to me what that thing was, I didn't read it because it's at the top of my giant monitor. So I have to try to figure out if I was gonna move it. And someone said, oh, that's probably in this sort of setting. So I went searching for it and I went, when I hit search and I t- started typing, I was looking at my keyboard cause I was trying to peek around my microphone. And I looked back up, I was like, well, what happened? Why am I in this config screen and how do I get out of it? Things like cancel and quit, but don't save did nothing.
0: Yeah nothing you know, the
1: screen
0: oh I, I was mad i i had <laughs> to i had to disable a couple of keyboard shortcuts for draconic evolution when i played sky factory 3 because it did that it basically opened up a, an armor gui that i had no access to at that point and i was like wait a minute oh, yeah. yeah it's it's bizarre some of that stuff but it it all comes down to uh there only being a limited amount of keys on the keyboard and everybody having their own mods do you know convenient shortcuts for those things and i think Again, it's one of those things that as you build up experience with modded, you go into the controls and you basically eliminate any kind of key press, like any any of those keys that are double booked in terms of what they do. You make sure they are only relevant to the stuff that you want to touch at that point in the game. And then maybe you rebind stuff later. It's like if you Mm -hmm. had the zoom key for Optifine also bound to the same key that lets you shift perspective. So every time you, every time you went into third person, you also zoomed in. You know, like you need to kind of unpick some of that stuff that the mod packs haven't necessarily picked apart themselves because it's somebody throwing 130 mods in together and expecting them all to play nice. Yeah. Um, And I know I know
1: we've got to wrap this up, but that reminds me of something that I should. is that i did install optifabric and optifine for 1.16.1 just because of my performance needs yeah Uh, and i tried to click on the little gear icon in the uh rei interface and it gave me a heads up warning by the way you can't do this this will conflict with optifabric or something so if you're going to play this mod pack just be aware that there are some um if you try to add things to it that are not included in the pack the the mod pack developers have At least for the most part troubleshooted what conflicts and so you might experience something like that if you try to if you need to run optify and to run this mod pack you might you might not be able to do some things just kind of pay attention to those warning screens because uh it did crash the game at some point. Um, and that was just a, it was a quick, like, you know, mine, it wasn't like a lockup or some weird thing. The game actually crashed. I had a bug report. And I just launched it back up and it was fine. But it was one of those things where like, okay, mental note, I can't click on that gear. And if I want to see what's in there, I have to remove Optifine and Optifabric from the folder before I launch the, launch the game. Yeah. I'm um, sorry to cut you off. I just, I really, that just came into my mind as like I had wanted to kind of mention it. Uh, also, uh, the Crimson Crafter in our live chat said, here is what you're looking at. Uh, that's the name of the mod that i was talking about that has that information at the top of the screen
0: yeah yeah uh there was a previous version that was called what am i looking at and i feel like they they always iterate on the mod names which makes things pretty fun um one thing i was going to say before we wrap up here is that i want to give you joel some homework uh when it comes (laughs) to playing playing modded and that is to look at how they solve the problem of storage because we talked in previous podcasts at length about the storage issue in vanilla minecraft right now and you're about to enter a world of modded where there are you know hundreds if not thousands of additional items added to the game luckily for you there are some storage mods that typically get thrown into basically any mod pack whether it's expansion of chests so you have iron chests that give you like Twice the amount of storage space a wooden chest does, yep, and you I've get like up- upgradable versions of stuff like that. And there may be some others in this pack, I haven't really looked through the full list to get an idea of what is out there. But it'd be interesting to know if you think any of those solutions would apply well to vanilla Minecraft, or if they are just you know adding to the problem in a sense, like if just having additional inventory space in a container is not going to resolve the problem of. I look at a jumbled mess of items and I have no idea what is here and what is not. And it's not so, necessarily a problem of storage space size, but a question of inventory sorting that inventory really needs sorting, to be. A, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I noticed inventory sorting was one of the hotkeys uh, and I didn't use it though. Uh, and then what was the other thing that I noticed in the interface? It was a crafting bench, but it had it was like a crafting recall interface or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like if I, if I can like, in the same way that I'm searching for these mod packs and recipe books and stuff, if I can also search my inventory by typing something in, uh, heck yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, that's going to help a lot, especially when I'm trying to remember the names of these new items and I can only remember part of the name.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's totally. going to be very
1: helpful. So yeah, no, that's good. Well, Because storage is going to be an issue immediately. Like I've, I've already kind of run out of like both spaces. Um, the only thing that I natively uh no that's a lie i didn't natively find it in the game it was part of the chosen architect playthrough that i watched and that was um there's backpacks in the game and uh i i have to get leather and a chest and that gives me like a baby backpack and then i can go through the progression of like um updating it and so what i did was um i typed in backpack found out that i needed leather then I killed a cow, picked up the leather, and then the recipes were all kind of like, you have discovered new recipes. And so I went and I looked at all of them. So yeah. I was only one cow away from discovering it in the game. Um, but the backpack thing, I think, is going to be really interesting because that's going to allow you to just go farther afield without having to come back and dump your stuff very early
0: in the game, which is going
1: yeah. to be my my first storage. I think for a is going to be personal storage with backpacks. But then, yeah, I have to figure out how to do the the storage thing.
0: Yes, well, good luck on your further adventures in Modded. I'm sure we'll be able to check back in in future episodes. But for now, that's going to be it for this bumper episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you're getting some value out of the show, consider putting some value back in by visiting patreon.com slash thespawnchunks and joining our community. Pledging at any level gets you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and gets us closer to our next milestone goal, which is a monthly Minecraft audio hangout where we just shoot the breeze with our chat about what we've been doing in Minecraft lately. We are currently at 207 patrons, which is down a little bit from last week. I think the Patreon renewal period has struck again. But there are special thanks, of course, to our content engineers, Cameron Sigelski, Dilken Seven, Greener Canuck, J.D. Williamson, and Yitz for your support on this episode. Sharing the podcast
1: with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. It's free. You can find us at The Spun Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. But of course, personal recommendations are the best way to share the podcast with your friends. Just tell a friend about The Spun Chunks and where they can go to listen to it. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. I'm going to say that again. Spunchunkmail at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. But of course, you can leave us a review or a star rating on the Apple Podcast app or the Spotify app. Really, any favorite podcast platform is fine. It is a great way to help strangers discover the show because they're looking for Minecraft and don't know where to start. The RSS feeds are linked on the spawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page where you can listen to The Render Distance, the extended
0: version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixlriffs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, where this week we'll be checking out the Minecraft Dungeons Creeping Winter DLC basically all week, before we go back to doing behind-the-scenes work for The Survival Guide. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and aside from that, I'm at Pixlriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online?
1: everything i'm doing online is at joelduggan.com that will include links to art podcasts and social media you can listen to the Sizzle cafe at the citadelcafe.com a sci-fi and fantasy entertainment podcast we talked about a new animation from rooster teeth this past week uh, myself and megan really fun conversation check that out and of course you can follow me on social media at Joel Duggan. but i'm going to point you towards twitch.tv slash joelduggan where you can expect a lot more content
0: during September. see you there Thanks for visiting the spawn chunks, the world outside is infinite but it looks a little different with all the mods